0: So we're back for our 13th live event. You're very welcome to NCBI Labs this week. We have plenty of subjects still to cover and this week as the country opens up a little bit more and people are getting back to work, maybe it's a good time to talk about the challenges that, that uh, people with vision loss face when in the workplace more specifically, maybe what can help to overcome those challenges? And uh, we'll we'll talk about the part that technology has in that as well. We'll, We're going to have an opportunity to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. And we have a really interesting interview as well. That just ties in with that nicely NCbi service user Jennifer helian talks about how technology has helped her in her life both in school and in college but also in the workplace as well and that'll tie in nicely to our discussion of uh, technology in the workplace as well and I'm sure you find that uh, really interesting that that interview and seeing it your way but on top of that in just a few moments we're bringing back the tech news slot this week on the back of some developments with apple last week some announcements about the latest versions of their operating system well we're going to have a chance to to chat about that in just a few moments as well and of course to help us to do that we need a panel because otherwise you're going to have to listen to me talking to myself and nobody wants that. So to save you from such torture, we have our panel regulars with us, Sean Doran, JP Corcoran and Daniel Dunn. So we'll uh, be delighted to, to welcome them as well. Just a reminder that if you have any comments, throughout our show today. Uh, any questions, anything that you'd like to contribute, please do send them in. You can use the question panel on the right hand side of the screen if you're tuning in to, to Teams, uh, if you're tuning in live, or you can send us through an email to labs at ncbi.ie and uh, if you do that while the, while the show is on, we'll certainly try and get an answer to that. If you have a question, if you're listening back to this on YouTube perhaps or another platform afterwards, then please do send in your questions anyway to labs at ncbi.ie and we'll try and make sure that we get to uh, your questions on our next live event and we'll provide an answer for, for that as well. And if you'd like to support our services, so that we can continue to provide service to those who are blind or vision impaired, you can do that by don- visiting donate.ncbi.ie. So that's donate.ncbi.ie, or you can even sponsor one of our live events. And again, you can uh, get in touch with us on our labs email address, labs.ncbi.ie, if you'd like to do that. Now, before we just kick off with our tech news this week we just wanted to get back to a question that we had in from last week you might remember last week we discussed uh, the cap b35 phone we were, we were also talking about uh, accessible gaming which we we kind of enjoyed that Uh, conversation as well. We got to reminisce about our uh, different experiences in the the gaming world. But you might remember when we were talking about the Cat B35 phone, there was a question just in relation to whether it would talk back to you using the internet, which it will, and that was answered last week, but using email as well, which we just wanted to make sure that we tested properly to make sure we were given the right information out. Well, You'll be happy to know that Derek has gone away. He, he's tested that feature during the week and uh, he can confirm that that definitely will talk back to you um, using the email as well. Now, it's not the fastest, but we mentioned that on the show last week that considering the price of the device, it kind of sits in a nice little niche there. If you want a, a phone with that has physical buttons, uh, it has the uh, some of the most common smartphone apps, It'll even talk back to you and use Google Assistant. Well, this is pretty good for a, a low price, but it is basically in that budget um, realm. So it's not the fastest necessarily with some of the talk back options, including with email, but it does it does work quite well. So that's just to, to get back to, to that subject last week, and we hope that's answered uh, that question for you as well. But now, we're going to move on um, this week to some of the announcements from Apple last week. Um, so we're thinking uh, about their announcements r- regarding iOS 14 and some of some of their other announcements as well. We're we'll welcome in our our panel for this. Particularly, Sean has been looking at some of the announcements here, but the the uh, uh, whole panel is welcome to jump in at any point throughout the conversation here. Um, now. Apple have these announcements kind of down to a fine art form, really. They hold their annual WWDC or Worldwide Developers Conference uh, each year. And they, they announce a ream of kind of new developments. Sean, I didn't know. Did, did anybody else notice know this, by the way, already? I never knew this. I've only ever seen WWDC. When I'm reading up on an article, I see it listed as that. I read up something just as I was looking, sort of researching for, for this. Did you know what its nickname was, Sean, already? did you heard no. what its nickname is? What, what's the nickname? Apparently, it's called Dub Dub. Colloquially, it's called Dub Dub. I've never heard of that before at all, but apparently this is Dub Dub 20. So <laughs> I haven't heard that one. <laughs> so if you're, if you're hearing that highly technical term at
1: any that's point. In, that, that, that's in the diehard Apple community.
0: That's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, WWDC or Dub Dub 20. So, just tell us, Sean, what, what were some of the, the announcements last week in last week's event?
1: There's lots of announcements in terms of um, iOS 14, but I'll just jump straight to the, the VoiceOver section first, and yeah. then I'll skip back over some of them, because there's a few interesting developments in VoiceOver which I can't wait to try. So there's going to be you know, in-device intelligence built into VoiceOver where that's going to help us with apps and web pages, with elements that are, are not accessible. So I can't wait to try that. So that's going to hopefully, you yeah. know, try its best to label buttons or elements that might be not labelled, or you know, make them more accessible. So I'm not entirely sure how that's going to be implemented, but um, as soon as I'm able to download iOS 14, I can't wait to actually try that. Yes, yeah, that'll but be really interesting. Other things that i have added to um, into VoiceOver is it's going to allow for uh, image description. So even images that are not described, it's going to basically use AI to tell you what's in those images. Yeah, so that'll be another thing. I wonder how good that will be and that will also read text within an image. I know things like JAWS and other AI applications are currently doing this, but nothing so native as within the screen reader itself in terms of mobile devices. So. Hopefully now when we swipe over an image, whether that's like on Facebook or Twitter, because people often share images like memes and stuff with text in them. Yes. Yeah. So we'd have to save them, export them to Seeing AI to get them to read on our phone. So now natively within VoiceOver, it will give a description of that text. So that's going to be very useful and I can't wait to see how that's that's implemented. Yeah. And that's it's a to post- yeah. And they've announced that it's going to have a feature within VoiceOver. It's going to detect interface controls within apps. So that might be play buttons, rewind, fast forward. That might make them easier to get to in an app that mightn't be laid out as well as we've come to expect with uh, no no certain apps. So I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't wait to try those features put in voiceover.
0: So there's a lot of, there's a lot of good changes coming for voiceover. So that's quite significant. Actually, if, if they kind of turn out the way that they've been announced and they work as we expect them to work, that's quite significant in terms of accessibility.
2: Would it be, um, would it be that IOS are catching up with Android here, you know, with their select to speak feature where that can you read text on <laughs> images for the last two years or thereabouts.
1: Yeah, uh, well, it, it's a similar feature, but this is completely incorporated into voiceover, so it's uh, as you swipe and land on the image, it should give you all that those details rather than having to export it or use a different program. So I, I, I will be interested to see how, how that's fully implemented. But, um.
0: I did hear as well that just kind of even outside of some of the accessibility features, there it was a little bit of a case of, of uh, Apple catching up with Android and a few other things as well, wasn't it? There,
1: there, there was a lot of um, <laughs> people saying things like that. There <laughs> so some of the changes that are coming are things like being able to add widgets to your home screen, yeah. mm-hmm. having their, Apple are going to call it an app library, which is similar to Android's app drawer where uh, you can basically, within the app library, it can be sorted by categories. Mm-hmm. So be like that category could be most often used, or could be gaming apps, it could be connectivity apps, it could be um, you know, um, browsers. Uh, whatever way you want to sort them, you can sort them as well as creating your own. I know people often create their own folders on their desktop anyway, on their, on their homepage.
3: Yeah.
1: So this is a more integrated feature that's sim- similar to that. Yeah,
0: yeah, very good. Uh, and- any other kind of particularly significant? There's, there's,
1: a, there's a very interesting uh, new new, um, new mode called Back Tap. Okay. Uh, it might be only available on like the iPhone 10 onwards, but what Back Tap is tapping the back of the phone, whether it's a, a double tap or a triple tap, you can activate certain features of the phone. So what, what people are talking about doing is, Obviously, Siri is the default um, voice assistant, but you might maybe tap the back of the phone twice to bring up Google Assistant. Okay. Or people with dexterity issues, like I know the the trip the three finger the three finger triple ta- double tap sorry for magnifying the screen can often be yeah. difficult for people with dexterity issues. So you could map it that tapping the back of the phone twice with one finger would turn on the z- the zoom feature within the phone. Okay. So there's, there's there's a certain amount of things you can set the back tap to with either a triple tap or a double tap. So you have two options on the back, but you can map Siri commands to it. So even if that feature wasn't there, you could set a Siri command that when you double tap the back of the phone, it will then do a Siri command, which will then do the thing you want to do. So it's, it's, it's giving people lots of scope. It's a new shortcut. It could really help people, especially with dexterity issues. Yeah, yeah. And, and even just as an extra shortcut, may, maybe people find um, without a home button, it's harder to turn on and off voiceover. So maybe triple tapping the back of the phone now would be a lot easier for people.
0: It'd be interesting to see the different applications of that, actually, because I'd say that's one of those ones that, uh, as people use it in everyday life, they'll come up with ways of using that feature that that uh, it'll be quite interesting to see.
1: Absolutely, and I, I, I that, that that's one that I am looking forward to try. But the, the, the caveat there is it's probably only going to be available on, mm. um, you know, the the iPhone the 10 and above, um. Yeah because I'm not even still sure how the, how the feature works. So will, ca- will, will, will having a case affect it? Will
0: yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
2: i uh, right in saying that the iOS 14, I guess everybody who has got or been invited to install iOS 13 is also going to get to iOS 14 when it yes. comes
1: out. Yes. I, I, th- I, I think the lowest it'll go is, is it's 6 or 6S? Six 6S, six I think I've read, and
2: I think some of the older SEs as well, the old SE might be included there. Yeah, but like like I
1: said, the those features with the back tap wouldn't be on that, but mm-hmm. definitely yeah. all all the voiceover uh, improvements should be there. Um, and then like you like you're saying with with similar things to Android is like you can add widgets to the to the screen now. So a widget yeah. might be like a weather app or it might be you know, a different clock, or it could be, you know, you, you could have your favorite um, messaging app there as a widget and you could ch- e- quick, quickly check incoming messages. That's kind that, of been
0: a long time coming in a way, hasn't it? It's like, people, people, maybe people would be quite used to, but-, but people, uh, it's,
1: people are quite used to it on other devices and- yeah. Google app, search bar. You you can probably add it in a Google search bar maybe yeah, <laughs> if Apple allowed that as a widget. But um, what what's what's useful about the the Apple widgets is because sometimes they do come out with clever ideas and you can stack the widgets. Yeah. So you can put two widgets, t- so you could have a weather widget stacked on top of just say your your messaging widget. And then as you, if you're using voiceover, if you swipe through the screen and you land on that widget, it'll tell you the weather and then while on that, you can swipe up, which will then change it to its secondary widget. Interesting, yeah. So you're actually saving space on the screen by stacking these widgets. Yeah. So t- t- whether you're using VoiceOver or you're actually, you know, uh, low vision, those features can be can be useful because you're putting all your widgets in one place, or you're putting it in a place that might be useful to you. Yeah, yeah. And then there there is other things like Alex uh, like said. We we were discussing the app the app library there, which is similar to the Android um, app drawer. Where, you, know, you might not want pages and pages of apps anymore, so you can have maybe all your apps that you need on one page, or you can have like uh, the folders on one page, and then you can have your app library where all the apps are saved in. Because there's apps on the home screen that some people never ever open. Yeah, yeah. So it's handy, like you know, if you if you're clearing up that sort of uh, real estate. And yeah, there's, there's, yeah. there's other things like there's there's massive improvements in Siri coming. Where um, often when we do a Siri sort of search, and she says, "No, um, I can. Here's web results of that of of that search. Now they're going to have actually more focalized results. So you're not getting a list of web pages pages. You'll still get them, but you'll all, But Siri should give you more answers than it did before.
0: It's interesting because, as much as we kind of poke fun with the um, comparisons between Android and, and Apple, and there are some things that you kind of see, maybe one will do first, and then the other one kind of follows along, and that it. It does just tend to happen that way anyway, but Apple's developments when it does come to accessibility are always excellent, aren't they?
1: Yeah. I'm hoping that Android steal the the stacked widgets. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm hoping that they they steal that one back. Yeah. But uh, within within Siri now, you can also send uh, audio messages. You can say Siri send an audio message to, and then you can record an audio message so the person's getting an actual audio message from you rather than Siri. Dictating it, and then and then reading it to far side. So that that's going to be a useful feature yeah. for for anybody. I mean, like I I would take advantage of that certainly to send um, a, qu- a quick voicemail, because we often do that within things like WhatsApp. Anyway, we'd we yeah. send a, a voice recording. So the fact that we can do that straight from Siri through messages is going to be very very useful. And,
0: and sp- I think it speak- was wasn't there a couple of um, other developments as well in relation to like some of the sort of sister operating systems, like the, um, the yes. iPad OS and the uh, Apple TV OS as well. There was a couple of other things.
1: Yeah. Um. Various things, yeah. It yeah, similar things, but yeah. like, like, like I was saying, there it, it, within messages, um, we, we can now add a thing where we can pin conversations to the top. So if, you, if, if there's someone you're constantly chatting to on messages, I think you can pin up to nine conversations at the top, so whether that's groups or individual people. Right, like that we that we can that that you know, if there's someone you you message all the time and like you haven't messaged them in a while, you don't have to swipe through. Tons of messages yes. to find that conversation that'll be pinned to the to the top.
3: Yeah,
1: and uh, Apple have also uh, integrated a, a translation app into the phone. now, so it's, yeah, it's going to be like it's, it's yeah. going to be like it's going to be like Google Translate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really like it. I've seen the screenshots of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it 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 does look very good. It could come in very useful. Like I would use the Google Translate app quite a bit. So yeah. I'll be interested to see how uh, the Apple version uh, will, will will relate to. Okay. I think they support for Irish as well. Yeah, because Google does support. It's supported it on the web page, but it doesn't do it through um, on the app. Yeah. And they're so. going to be
0: doing. Are they doing Irish from um, fairly early on in that? Like when it's. When it's released, when it's starting.
2: I think it's coming with iOS 14, I think, yeah.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting to some Yeah, it'll be
1: interesting to def- definitely try. Uh, yeah. d- there's some good changes coming to um, people who use AirPods. Yeah. So they're adding in spatial audio, which is like basically surround sound. So like when we were talking about gaming last week, having spatial audio in your device will come in really useful because you'll be getting that full 3D effect. Yes, yeah. And yeah. I mean that like if 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 you're listening to music and it has, you know, tracks mixed with surround sound, it's gonna sound really good on your um on your airpods. And you know, like th- they'll be adding in augmented reality features too. So whether I mean that's games or if you're using maps, all that can be integrated with into the AirPods too.
0: So when uh, you were saying that um about the development with AirPods um or AirPods, it's when you're talking about the difference between that and what's there at the moment. Is is that helping you kind of locate where a sound is? It makes you kind of feel almost more like you're in a room yeah. and there's somebody yeah. in a fixed position almost.
1: Yeah. If you like, a, if you had like um, a sound system at home and you had speakers behind you and speakers in front of you and some to the side, yeah, you could you could hear like maybe. Like if you're watching a film, someone could be talking right in front of you, but uh, maybe a sound of a car is coming behind you. Yes. So it's replicating those effects within in your AirPods. So it'll be, be very interesting to to try that, especially if you like listening to music and, and if it's mixed with a you know maybe a 5.1 soundtrack to see how that would play in your AirPods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so
2: there's Air... a lot of interactivity between devices as well. If you've owned a few um, Apple devices, that the AirPods will automatically jump from one to the other if you're yeah, to
1: you'd have, you'd have to have added an auto switching um, option. So if you have your phone in your hand and your AirPods are in, the sound is coming from your phone. If you place the phone down and lift up an iPad, it'll automatically switch to your iPad, and the sound will come out of your iPad then and connect to your to your AirPods
0: without having to change any particular settings yeah. or anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So once once you once. Once you lock it in at the start and say these are my two devices or three devices that are using my AirPods, and they're all Apple devices, it will it will sync up. Yeah, very good. And AirPod have actually added in um, a notification now, so when your battery starts to get low, you'll get a notification on screen on your on your phone. So yeah. I might say twenty five percent left on your AirPods, and yes. you, you know to give them a quick charge. You don't have to go into the app or check it it'll, it'll tell you on the phone and there's also headphone accommodation which you're adding into where uh, like where i might um you know i mightn't hear mid frequencies or low frequencies so that they will accommodate to my hearing so if if i struggle maybe to hear soft spoken voices a voice a soft yeah. would, would appear louder when i'm listening to my headphones so that can all be customized yeah. well, yeah. Quite advanced stuff, really, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so There's sort of a there was also a big movement um, for hearing loss in iOS fourteen. So I know that doesn't re- really affect us, but there, there there is things where you can set your phone to listen out for. Maybe fire alarms are set to, you know, to listen out for doors knocking, and then you'll get a notification. So, so some people do have dual sens- sensory loss. So people, if people are hard of hearing yes. and also phone user, I mean, you could set your phone to listen out for the doorbell because you might not catch that frequency. Yeah. And when the doorbell rings, and you lo- your phone will give you a notification. So even if like you're even if you're a heavy sleeper and you've got your phone near your bed and you have set you know to look out for a Fire alarm or the set uh, when a, a door knocks or raps. There's, there's, there's lots of sounds you can pick from. Now your phone could vibrate and, and you would hear it.
0: Yeah. You, so yeah, you
1: feel the vibration. Um yeah. So I mean, there's, there's lots, there's lots of features. Some
0: interesting ones. I saw something about it as well. Um, just one of the other features on iOS um, 14 was to do with uh, accessing it, like accessing a vehicle and starting a vehicle and everything using your phone now. <laughs> yeah. But
1: because I, like I, so you a, a BMW are the first uh, car company to, to integrate that with Apple. So your car key is basically programmed into your phone. As you get to the car, it can automatically open or you can go into the app and open the door and start the engine.
0: Interesting. Yeah,
1: Uh, but you know, we're really getting (laughs) into it. Because kind of like if, you, if you lose your phone now, you're losing your car keys and yeah, your, exactly. your card, you're
0: so. losing everything if you're your phone these days. <laughs> whoever, whoever
2: gets your phone or takes your phone has the added bonus for getting a car with it. Yeah, exactly, a car comes free. That,
1: that's why we have multi-factor authentication on our phones. So. <laughs> um, so, and, and another great thing that, that actually has been added is, um, Changing the default apps, which is something that was never allowed in um, iOS. Yeah. So if if you didn't like the the mail app or you didn't like using Safari as your main browser, you can now set a different default browser or mail app. Very good. Yeah. Brilliant. So a a lot of people were using Chrome on their iPhones, but if they got an email link and they went to open it, Safari was opening that link. That's yes. Great. So now you can set it. Well, actually, I want Chrome to open that. Yeah, so
3: that,
1: yeah. that is useful for some people. Some people think the Mail app might be, while very good, might be very basic, and they might want to set a different app as their default one. So there's still lots of rules and regulations about which apps can be. So it's not as if anyone can make an app and that's going to be will be set as a default. So there, there is going to be.
0: And even just with your different browsers and accessibility and everything, they do react differently sometimes. So it's kind of important to have the same environment. And if you're kind of trying to provide support even sometimes, it's, it's quite useful to, to know that you can select different um, browsers as the default ones. That's quite a handy one. Just tell us, John. Wh- when will some of these feature like when When is this coming out? When is this due it's to? Ju-
1: it's ju- It's due. Ju- ju- to be released in September. Okay. Um. So it's it's in uh, beta mode now. Where. People can download and try it. Features might slightly change and not change. I've seen Apple's, uh, one of their head fellows been interviewed and people were saying that when you're using Siri now, it's a small box in the bottom of the screen, but you can't interact with the screen behind it. So why bother yeah. showing it? And he says, well, they, they can do it both ways, but they want to see which way people prefer. So they're quite happy to change things during beta if they get yeah. enough feedback. Um, so still,
0: still be a few little tweaks and. For, peop- for, for, for,
1: for most people who wait for the regular updates, that's going to be September.
0: OK, OK, so that's when we can expect it through. So that sounds fairly significant news there um, last week. Um, some really useful accessibility features as well, and, and uh, one or two other things that are of interest. So thanks for um, outlining those for us, Sean. Appreciate no, that. No and, problem. Uh, thanks to our panel there as well. So we're... Uh, yeah, we're always kind of interested to see what you think of some of these developments as well. So if you have any comments about those uh, developments, please do let us know. You can uh, email labs at ncbi.ie. OK, so now we're going to move on to our uh, seeing it your way piece this week. And, and we're going to do it a little bit differently this week. So normally we'll play the full Uh, interview all the way through but we're going to actually play this in two parts this week and we're doing that for a particular reason because Daniel has been talking to Jennifer Helion uh, about her experience using technology throughout her life. And as we mentioned earlier, that's both in school and in college, which we'll talk about in the first part here, and we'll hear Jennifer's uh, experience of that, and then a little bit later on her experience in, in the workplace as well. But let's listen to part one of seeing it your so with Jennifer. Jennifer
4: this is Daniel here from the NCDI Labs, and I'm pleased to call with you today, where we're going to have a little discussion about being at your way for our live event and Jennifer I know that you are working with the ESB as a facilities and equipment coordinator and um, I'm very delighted to have you on the call today to speak to us about your experiences. So Jennifer um, maybe if you'd want to out- outline for our guests a little bit about you know your your vision condition and we'll take it from there.
5: Okay, so my vision is called Stargardt's Macular Dystrophy, yeah. uh, which means I have some central vision sight loss. So I use my peripheral vision to navigate around things and yeah. basically live my life. Okay. So very similar to age-related macular degeneration with the right. sight loss. But um, it's more... It affects more kids than anything else. So I was twelve when I was
4: diagnosed. Okay, so twelve years of age. So, um, so from there, then obviously that was a big, big change for you. And you know, being in school at a young age. Uh, so how how did how did you adapt then to that uh, coming on through school?
5: So in primary school, it didn't affect me much because I wasn't diagnosed until sixth class, and. At that, it was that I I had a, only a slight impairment where I'd have to get closer to um, the whiteboard and and um, it didn't really affect my reading or writing too much at that stage. And then when I got to secondary school, I met uh, the NCBI liaison with the Department of Education.
3: Yeah.
5: And we did a bit of rail um once a week or whenever she arrived and um, i didn't really it didn't really affect me yeah. up until six years so i was so for my junior side exam i got the allotted extra time and i had a, a reader for my um for my exam paper okay but that they were the only accommodations that I required at the time.
4: Right.
5: So, um, I didn't need any special needs assistance until yeah. I was in sixth year because all the way along I was getting large print books, yeah. and some of them were in Daisy format as well if they were available in Daisy, and. Right. Um, yeah, so, so on in the format
4: then um, did you have a laptop or something in class then to to view those?
5: Yeah, I had a laptop, and um, the uh, transportation of the laptop was tough because I was on my own. I had a full bag of books. yeah, and I had to carry it. then I had to carry the weight of the laptop as well. Okay. Um, so I didn't really bring the laptop to school too often. Oh. Uh, because actually as well I had a distance magnifier glass where I, where I could put it up in front of my eye and, and then oh, the monoc- see the board, that was it, yeah. Very good, and that
4: became, that became I suppose then your long, uh, long distance aid in class.
5: Yeah, pretty much for a lot of my time in school, yeah. And um, I used to carry it around my neck as well. So all all the all the guys in the class were like, "What's that thing? Can I look at that?" <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: it was
5: it was a real conversation breaker.
4: Ah, so. yeah, exactly. It's, well, something new like that, to, you know, in, in school would raise people's curiosity. Why is why is that? What do you use it for? Why do you need it? <laughs>
5: Yeah, yeah. So like it, it was it was it was a good conversation starter I have to say, thankfully. <laughs> when you when you're in secondary school and you don't really know everybody at at the outset and you're just like, Okay, I have something different than what he has. Yeah. So yeah. um And everyone's yeah, so cool
4: with that
5: thought or Yes. Yeah, um no, they're all just happy enough then after that, so then 6th year came about, and the leaving cert came about, and um, because the leaving cert, then I said I need a bit of help here. I can't like the teachers themselves had enough of um, pressure on them trying to get uh, a course finished within two years, and some of them felt under pressure with that. So. I was like, well, I'm a student, and I like to learn all this stuff. So I'm going to need a bit of extra help this year. So um, I got, a spe- I applied and was successful in getting um, a special needs assistant for sixth year. So she um, she took my uh, notes during class and she typed them up actually. And she um, she brought them in, all typed up and- That
3: was very
5: handy. Uh, yeah, so that was grand, and because I only had her for a year, yes, the department um, allowed her to be my scribe and my reader for my leaving search. Excellent. Yeah, so she was familiar with me, and I was familiar with her, and it was all good.
4: Brilliant, brilliant. Um, so then you went on to third level in Athlone in the Midlands, and um. What did you study there?
5: Yeah, so, uh, luckily enough for me, um, I was I was accepted into uh, loan IT and uh, studied uh, a Bachelor of Business for four years. So, um, it was a bit of a change.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, the campus itself was quite large.
3: Yeah.
5: And much larger than just yes. moving from one end of a school to the other. It was building to building, yeah. <laughs> never mind, never mind
4: hallway to hallway. So, um, so that was quite a challenge so, itself I suppose, just uh, being, you know, landed into this big environment and you have to go from place to place and navigation as well and a whole new learning experience for you.
5: Yeah, so what made it a bit easier was, I was able to do apply for DARE, which is uh, the Disability Access Route Education. Yeah. So, so that went straight. That application went straight to the um, access officer in the college, mm-hmm. and we had we were able to have a meeting before I started my first year. So we just got all the needs set out the type of technology that I was using in secondary school and how would that transfer over to third level Mm. and all, all that comes with that. So... Yeah,
4: so my... Was there much change over then in technology? So you were in secondary school, you were kind of using a laptop, uh, but you weren't bringing it in as much. So when, when you and you had your binocular as well. So coming on to third level, then you sat down with the access officer and was there much of a change up then in what technology you were going to use for the next four years in that zone? Yeah, there was. Um, to be
5: honest, it was... It really suited my learning style.
3: Yeah.
5: Um, I they gave me what they call a note taker. So I had a note taker for my four years who took my notes during class. hmm And um, it was very flexible. It was a very flexible arrangement because um, I had a choice of whether I wanted the note taker to sit right beside me. Yeah. And take the notes under my instruction, or whether to sit away from me and take down everything that the lecturer was saying and i could sit with my friends so i I wasn't causing that social barrier
3: yeah
5: and um what was what i found really great about it was the lectures were put up well they were in a soft copy for a start and then they were put up online sometimes before the course sometimes after the course but most of the time it was before the before the lecture i should say yeah and then um, i was able to download the slides onto a tablet right and bring them to class and carry a tablet around rather than a laptop
4: well very good so yeah yeah, the a lightweight solution um as opposed to the big junky laptop that you had been familiar with before so yeah so in the lecture hall then um you would have had all the slides before most of the lectures going in um, yeah. If, the, if there was a day then that you just didn't get the slides in time uh, how would you overcome that then in the, in the lecture ask? Uh,
5: well if the slides weren't put up beforehand you can imagine that the lecture was going to be pretty much theory based yeah. so, um, so the lecturer would do most of the talking and read out whatever was on the slide which was great Right. And um, I also like if we if I started if I started a new uh, if I had a new lecture and um, for a different module or whatever, I'd always go up and say say it to them before they started class, and then have it and have a chat then after they started the well once the lecture was over. Yeah. Just to say that look, I'm in your class. I have a disability. This is what it is. And then
4: they were more aware right of, that they were more accommodation for you. Yeah, yeah so that, that that's brilliant. like that you had the lectures then on board as well, you know um, and if obviously if the midst, uh, if the miss get new the slides ahead of the lecture that they were going to make the extra effort during the lecture to explain the slides, uh, conscious that you were there um, in 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 the audience so 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 to speak and to have it explained out as best as possible for you.
5: Yeah, exactly. And um, like when it came to the likes of an accounting lecture, some lecturers were better, like had their notes better prepared than others. Others would do lots of practical examples during the class. Yeah. So when it came to that, I had to um, rely heavily on my note taker at the time. Mm. And and just review all the notes that were taken during the class, right? While they verbally, while the lecturer verbally explained what was going on and where uh, figures should be displayed and all that kind of stuff.
4: Okay, brilliant. So overall, then yeah, it sounds like you had a good experience in third level and things things went well for you. Um, would would that be correct to say overall?
5: Oh, yeah, definitely.
4: definitely. I really enjoyed my time there. Uh, that's brilliant to hear. And so when it, when it comes to home then, right, and you know, obviously you have you have your hobbies and you have your things to do at home, um, do you use technology then at home or is it just strictly kind of, you know, do you just keep the technology for what you have to use for like likes of work and study? Or do you, do you use tech at home as well?
5: Yeah, I, I use a lot of tech in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's my life before sometimes. Um, especially now that I'm finished college and trying to stay in contact with people and all the rest. Um, I have a Samsung smartphone, which uh, for me, I really cut it because I'm a, like for a visually impaired person, I'm very visual.
3: Yeah.
5: If that makes sense. It does. And uh, and um, I, I like the Samsung because they have a feature on it. Um, which is a triple tap feature. Yeah. And it will magnify your screen. And you don't need three or four fingers to move this magnifier around your phone like an iPhone screen. Okay. And, um, yeah, so
4: sometimes you can triple tap it, 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 it with, with the one. If you were listening to one of our past live events, we um, about a couple of weeks back, we had a kind of a little Android versus iOS debate going on, and uh, it still rumbles on to this day, neither side concedes the other has won. Um, so <laughs> maybe from, from your point of view, you, you, you're chipping one in for the Android side there.
5: Yeah, and uh, what's even better is it has the same feature on the, their tablet, and I have a Samsung tablet as
3: well. Very
4: good, very good. So I can hear, and um, one of the guys that was on that debate is from Cork. I can hear the groans come from Cork right now as you say that. <laughs> Jennifer, yeah. into cycling. Uh, tell us a little bit about that.
5: Yeah, so I've been I've been a nice few places of cycling. Um, I started I started off cycling um with Tullamore Cycling and Touring Club back when I was in when I was about to start my third year of college, so that would have been around twenty thirteen.
3: Yeah.
5: And um, I've never looked back. the The club are brilliant. I don't have any family member that um, does any tandem cycling or is interested in doing any sort of uh, cycling, yeah. really, so uh, the club have really come together and um, I now have a cycling, uh, tandem pilot for the last, oh, what, seven years yeah. <laughs> um, so so last year in particular we um with the cycling club there they organized a cycling trip to mallorca so uh yeah so i spent a week out there cycling away even the it's so i was delighted with brilliant
3: brilliant yeah so that's
5: uh that's
4: that's all I have to say about cycling, really. Yeah, no fair play, yeah. Um, you know, it, it it sounds to me like you know you're you're getting the best out of everything yeah, with your technology and your hobbies. And um, when it comes to let's say socialising, you are going out shopping and getting about. How how does that work for you? Yeah, so if we're going on a day trip, um, shopping,
5: life, or anything like that, um, I generally I use my rollerball cane
3: mm-hmm.
5: um, just because like I might I might see a person coming but it might be a lot, the reaction time might be a lot slower than if an, a fully sighted person was able to uh, see someone coming at them. So I, I bring the cane for that reason more so than uh, a safety thing. Um, when I go out with my friends at night time, out to the pubs or anything like that, whenever they decide to open, yeah. um, I generally just phone. I generally phone my friends to see where they are, or mm. ask them to come outside and meet me outside when I arrive, or
3: yeah,
5: uh, whatever. And they generally just we generally just link each other rather than
0: all uh, any the other kind of post. <laughs> yeah. Very good. So we're gonna just uh, cut into our interview there uh for the moment. Uh that was certainly good to, to get that perspective um from Jennifer Helian, we appreciate uh, that interview. And we're going to come back to that interview just a little bit later on in the show, because in the next section, Jennifer is going to be talking about some of the uh, technology, or at least referring to it, uh, some of the technology that she um, uses in the workplace. And that kind of leads us nicely into this subject of technology in the workplace, which we're just going to discuss with the panel at the moment. Obviously, just even as we heard there with the, with some of the technology in school and colleges, it's kind of changed a little bit over the years, and it's interesting to see the sort of things that have made a, a real difference to people. But when we're talking about the, the workplace, maybe we could uh, invite our, our panel on to discuss this, and uh, particularly JP is going to give us yeah. a little bit of information on this. When we're talking sure. about technology in the in the workplace, obviously it's kind of uh, it's in relation to accessibility and things like this that we're f- focusing yeah. on. But what What are some of the typical challenges that someone might face uh, in the workplace if they have sight loss? Sure, if you're like, I can go through some of
6: the challenges someone might face and I have to say I, I, I loved uh, Jennifer's quote there, tech is my, my life support and in the interview, I really, really like that. Uh, very mm-hmm. nice. nice um, so, so some of the typical challenges someone might face uh, who is in employment and uh, perhaps they've, they've experienced some deterioration in their site. Um, they could be hardware or software related really so um, that's the thing and they could be very varied according to their job role and also their eye condition. So it could be a case, for example, that I might start off that a person maybe is starting to struggle to see certain elements on their computer screen. It could be just a mouse pointer the cursor when they're working on an application it becomes a little bit tricky to see or find. Particularly I notice this in, in like you know programs like Excel as well where you're looking at, looking at spreadsheets with, with data on, on, on spreadsheets which could be quite difficult. So that's in some instances uh, but there could also be issues around viewing presentations for example at team meetings. So I'm just having difficulty viewing like a whiteboard uh, if, if, if someone's a team meeting, they can't see that, so these kind of things can crop up. Yeah, um, could also be a case where maybe a person is unable to make out some of the buttons on their work phone, so it could be something like a you know, transferring calls or holding calls. You know, their books and the good news is that there's, there are solutions available, but there, there are some of the kind of challenges that someone might face, too. Yeah, and I,
0: and I guess in a workplace environment, I mean, the pressures mm-hmm. of different workplaces. Are, are different as well, but that can mean that there's more anxiety and pressure in, in some oh. environments than others. So, so if you're in that environment and you can't do one of the key roles just for a, a simple yeah. reason, just not being able it to maybe see one that, of the that that's elements. exactly it. exactly yeah
6: yeah and it means that there's added pressure on the individual to you know fulfil their tasks and, and you know keep on top of their workload. That's yeah. something that I, I'd come across quite regularly where maybe you know the person has the fully full full ability to do their job, but unfortunately there's certain things that could be slowing them down.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that can be quite an, an anxious thing. I Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. A lot to it. So. Mm-hmm you mentioned there that the, the good news is that there are sort of solutions to yes. So what uh, sort of, exactly. if we're talking about IT, for example, what sort yeah. of IT support is there? Okay. So the good news is, is
6: yeah, there is there are solutions available. And uh, I suppose the first thing to point out is that there's NCBI technology staff can provide assistance in, I suppose, just trying to work out like what equipment, and that's both software and hardware, could be put in place uh, for someone in the workplace. Uh, to make it more accessible for them. Um, so that, that's that's a good news. So, um, the way it would work is that uh, if if someone is, is having some um some experience some difficulty, maybe doing their job role, they yeah. can make contact with ourselves. And we have an employment advisor, Dennis Daly, who I believe will be joining us on a future live event. And they can make contact with him. Now, actually does two, I suppose, does this was two options here. If someone is job seeking, uh, we can, well through Dennis, uh, they can be given advice around, you know, CV preparation, you know, cover letters, interview skills, disclosure, all these kind of things. Yes. But if someone is in the job, and maybe it's, there's an issue around job retention, they can also get advice about that. It could be a case where they might be be redeployed to another area and that kind of thing. Yes. Uh, And in terms of the the IT, where the IT comes in, well, they can speak with Dennis and they can have a a meeting with him and then they can get referred to an IT trainer uh, for an IT assessment. And generally speaking, this will take place at an NCBI office. Occasionally, it'll take place in the workplace if if it's required. Yeah. Uh, So on the back of this, uh, what we would do is we compile an assessment report that will outline the different technologies that could uh, benefit a person uh, at a a particular given time must be stressed so it could be a case where maybe a person's site might change over a number of months so that's just at that particular time so we kind of put that note into the report um, after that we, we, we can provide the quotations for the equipment required and we can also give them information about maybe a funding options that may be available and of course the, of course the support doesn't stop there. We make sure that if there's any ongoing issues you know they can contact us by phone or by email and uh, on occasion we may need to call out for the workplace to give them support uh, there too
0: yeah. Very good. Um, that, that's kind of a, a good overview of the, the process of the support yeah, that, that's yeah, there. Yeah. But could I pick up on a couple of things that you mentioned? So yes. you're talking about maybe an IT assessment um, yes. and you're looking at, equipment or products that might be particularly useful to somebody, yeah. what sort of equipment yeah. could we be talking about here? That oh, would be yeah, particular?
6: yeah, yeah. So the, the things that I would typically come across, uh, very varied as they according, you know, depending on the person's eye condition uh, or their, their job role, of course. The kind of things we're looking at would be electronic handheld magnifiers. Um, so I know we haven't discussed them in the show yet, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be will be familiar with these, These are you know, lightweight and portable low vision devices. You can har- carry them around. In very, very easily and uh, you can put them in a handbag or, or just take them with you in, in a backpack, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I've come across these to be very useful in like, some call centres where maybe people are, are dealing with paperwork and I mentioned earlier that um, occasionally so it could be difficult for someone to maybe see the Keypad on, on their work phone, yes, so they yeah. can just take out their handheld magnifier for quick reference and then put it back in that kind of thing. Mm. Um, that's one example. There's also CCTV's or closed circuit televisions, which is like similar to the handheld magnifiers at low vision equipment. Have a built-in camera, and uh, they can you use, be used, for example, to work with uh, hard copy printouts and that kind of thing. So if you're not just 100, you know, working with your laptop or desktop computer, and if you're given uh, materials like you know papers to work with, then the CCTVs can be useful. Yeah. The only downside with the CCTVs is that they do require quite a lot of desk space. Generally speaking, you don't move the CCTVs around; they're they're too heavy. So. Yeah. Uh, that's where something like a Connect 12 could come into play. So, this is an electronic magnifier, it's portable. It's actually, it's an Android tablet, a 12-inch Android tablet. And you can use it to access all the Android apps that you that you want as well. So you we actually use it per- personally as well. You could have your your Gmail app, um, you know, your your Chrome app, and everything on this. Um, so just
0: to just to kind of draw the comparison yeah. between the two, there CCTV's uh-huh. and the Connect Twelve. You've got yes. one is quite a big thing, as you mentioned. It's heavy. Yes. You want to be exactly it's, it's standalone.
6: It. Exactly. The, yeah.
0: the Connect Twelve that you mentioned there is like mm. a, an Android tablet. Mm. There's yep. a framework as well to that. Is there There's some way of sort of setting it up to be hands-free?
6: There is, exactly. That's, that's a really good point. So, you, you can actually take this um, out of the case. You, you can use it as a stance where, where you can actually, you know, read your your your, your hard copy print um, materials uh, um, beneath the camera, but you can actually take it out and it can, it can be portable as a handle with the, C- with the Connect 12 and you can bring it with you between meetings. Uh, it's used a lot in education. So, we'll yep. come across a lot of students who would bring it class to class and they can bring it home as well. Um, but it could be used. I've come across this certainly in, in the workplace. I've come across it where it can be used when attending meetings and presentations because you can purchase with the Connect Twelve a distance viewing camera, which I think is up to 25 times magnification. Yes. And really good clarity with this camera. I think it's a Canon, and yes. uh, you can you know, view presentations in the back of the screen on, on you know on, on the uh, you know it could be a slideshow showing. So I have I have seen people who are using this uh, in 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 the workplace and and having. Great benefit from it from from bringing it into meetings and being able to see what's on the screen in front of them. Yeah.
0: That's um, quite a high-quality camera that's... It is very popular,
6: yeah, yeah. yeah particularly yeah. in education, as I say, but it does, people are using it in, in in employment too.
0: And just as a small thing that you mentioned there about the Connect 12 being portable and folding down, you use yeah. a handle. What sort of size are you talking about once it folds down, is it yeah, it's, it's still it's, a fairly hefty piece it's, of it's, equipment? It's, no, it's, great. it's, it's a 12-inch tablet, so that, that's what you're working with.
6: Uh, it's lightweight as well so it's very very um um light as well to use but uh, i i showed this to someone who who uh, recently, was um, secured employment. I think it was a public public sector role, but they showed it to them, and they were delighted. They were they were literally jumping up and mm-hmm. down. the Spot they they were absolutely thrilled with this because they, they were used to seeing the CCTVs that I mentioned earlier. And I said you're not you're not going to be bringing these around from, from you know office to office, particularly if someone's uh, role involves a bit of travel. But they yeah. were delighted with the Connect Twelve, extremely portable.
0: And even the even the framework of the stand mm-hmm. sort of folds down into its own space. So it's not much bigger than the twelve it. inch. That's it,
6: effectively, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Smaller around it, but that's that's it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Frame. So protects it while it's on on the move <laughs> as well, because it is made out of kind of a, a metal and um, that offers a protection. So it is very suitable for, for portability. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Very yeah. good. And anything else that would be used for like yeah. used in
6: the workplace. There would be uh, things that, that we've come across as well will be screen modification software. So um, I know we've discussed uh, to some degree, we've talked about screen modification uh, software before. I know we're we'll looking at it again, the future live event like software like Zoom text and supernova, uh, particularly Zoom text. Um, generally speaking, during the initial assessment, uh, what we would do is we would show the the built in accessibility features. So, with Windows 10, like your Windows magnifier, because they can be pretty powerful sometimes, so they might yeah. you know, meet, meet a person's uh, requirements. But so, we would show the um, the accessibility features built in first, and then would show the likes of Zoom Text and Supernova, As I say, mainly Zoom Text. And uh, we'll find that um, Zoom Text could be particularly useful for people who um, maybe find the, the mace pointer, what uh, difficult to find on the screen, or people want a bit of speech, uh, the speech element in Zoom Text Magnifier reader, uh, accompanied with the magnification that the software provides. Yeah. I actually know some people who are using Zoom Zoom Text in the workplace who use it purely for the um, the uh, mouse pointer and cursor and enhancements. So interesting. Yeah, uh, they, don't, they don't use speech. They just want to be able to see the mace pointer and yeah. uh, use it for that reason. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose it's kind of just moving on, then it, it, if it's a case and I have come across situations where maybe someone is finding the Zoom text it was working to a point and maybe they're increasing the magnification to a certain level. Maybe, you know, it could be six or seven point magnification or more. Mm. And it's actually, if I might, I might just find it's slowing them down a bit. And that's where the screen reader software could come in. And yes. this is where something like using JAWS, mostly JAWS, um, that um, yeah, could come into play uh, as their screen reader choice when they're working uh, with applications like Outlook or Word or whatever it is uh, yeah, in, in So,
0: And that's uh, important to mention as well mm, because some of the mm, other things that we've kind of mentioned are ones for low vision, but mm, the screen reader software does kind of provide another mm, another level of support there, doesn't it? Yes,
6: it does, it does exactly, exactly. And no, I think I've, I think some people are, are, are kind of willing to embrace that, you know, that they've, they've tried the magnification for for a set time and maybe it no longer works for them. So, they'll, they'll try the uh, try JAWS, try the screen reader. And in the long run, it just pays dividends. It it can speed things up, you know, uh, if, if someone has good touch typing skills, uh, something like JAWS can work really well for them. Yeah, um, very
3: good.
0: Suppose, yeah. yeah, go ahead, sorry, Jude. Can, can I just pick up on something else you mentioned earlier? You, you mm. did say as well that there was maybe advice on grants and things. Um, So, yeah. kind of, if you, if, Somebody's listening to some of these suggestions of equipment and things like that, and they're thinking, well, how do how do we actually manage to get a hold of these? What sort of grants yes. are there? Okay.
6: Okay, so for someone who is in the private sector, they can avail of the workplace equipment adaptation grant. So this provides funding for someone who has a site impairment and is either in employment or who is maybe at a position where they're in full or part-time employment or they can be self-employed. So it is, as I say, strictly a private sector or for people who are self-employed, a different avenue for people who are in um, public sector, which I I can discuss in a little bit. But so, for the workplace treatment grant though, you can apply for funding up to the value of six thousand three hundred euro, and this could be for software such as, uh, you know, uh, Java Screen Reader, Zoom Text, which I mentioned a moment ago, or even some of the the you know like, of so the Connect Twelve, or some of the handheld electronic magnifiers. Spe-
0: speaking of which, just before mm. you continue, sorry to interrupt there, but yeah. somebody just okay. asks here, just a rough idea of the cost of Connect Twelve. Do we have a a rough idea of of that? We mightn't have it directly, Dan, but I'm sure we can find it.
6: I'm sure we can get that shortly, yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Um- we can have a look at that. We have a price list which we which we can check.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll we'll come back to that one then, maybe mm. in a little bit. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Go ahead.
6: Not No, no. So yeah, this is just in relation to applying for the workplace equipment grant. Um. So I say for people who are eligible, you could be in employment, uh, either full time or part time in a private sector. Mm. Uh, you could be self-employed and might need some adaptations to your workplace or your equipment. Um, and as, as I mentioned. The grant is worth just over €6,300. Euro. €6,350 Euro is available toward the cost of adapting our purchasing equipment. Yeah. Uh, the good news as well is that I have come across cases where uh, maybe someone someone will seek funding through the workplace grant for a particular product or software, but it maybe it only accounts for maybe half of that amount or maybe a, or less. And the question is sometimes we're asked is, well, can I apply again? Like, you know, how, how, long, how long can I wait for have to apply again? The, the question, the answer to that is, yeah, you, you can apply again if, if you wish. There's no, there's no uh, you don't have to spend it all at once, so to speak, you, you can apply yes. over the, you know, of course, you know, because of course, maybe a new product might, might arrive in the market that you might want to use and you can apply for that as well. Um, so, yeah, you can yeah, do that.
0: And uh, is there is there any other kind of information that somebody would need then about the grant yeah, process uh, or anything like that?
6: Yes, yeah, yeah. Just in terms of, kind of how, how you how you can apply. Um, so the way it works that you can uh, you, you need to fill out two forms that are available from uh, the Department of Social Welfare the welfare site, and you will complete these forms and then you'll bring them into a social your local social welfare branch or entry office. And two forms are very straightforward to fill out. Um, you fill out your details, your, you know, it could be it's pretty much your contact details, PPS, mm. uh, the nature of your, of your visual impairments. And the second form, the requirement is to fill out why and how this technology could benefit you in the workplace. And the last thing then is that you will need to provide some quotations for the adaptive software hardware. Um, If it's a case where I think it's over €700, you'll need two quotes. Um, If the total cost of the equipment being sought for is over €1,500, you'll need three quotes. So that's the way it works. You complete the two forms. I believe stamp. Uh, sorry, beg your pardon. Um, form two will need to be stamped by your accounts department, um, and then you will uh, bring it into your social welfare uh, branch office, your local uh, branch office, and then the case officer, case officer, beg your pardon, should be in touch with you from the department, social protection, uh, and meet with you to review the application. Um, so actually, it's interesting. We we had um, I had a, a meeting with a. Case officer a short while ago um, from a local uh, social welfare social welfare branch office, and she was actually making the point that not many people are either aware of this or applying for it. So. Um, maybe it's maybe some people are, are not uh, conscious that the workplace grant is actually available. Yeah it's
0: yeah. so. so good to yeah. let people know about yeah. that and, exactly. and even just the process as well because I think sometimes mm-hmm. if if yeah. it's a really daunting complex process people mm-hmm. can get a little bit worried but it's nice to have, mm-hmm. have it outlined there and to know yeah. what to get
6: the support. Exactly, exactly and just to finish off I did mention that this so the workplace grant is Specifically for people who are in uh, in the private sector or self-employed. Yeah. If you are in uh, public sector, yeah. you can make contact with a disability officer, or you can, or the relevant department in your workplace. So, for example, I, I would regularly receive queries from school teachers about you know uh, applying for funding there, and that would be through the Department of, of Education.
0: Yeah, very good, very yeah. good. So that's that's good to include that yeah. as well. And yeah. uh, we did get a little bit of information there on the okay. cost of the. Connect twelve. Um, I think Sean found the the intri- uh, information just there for us. So uh, about two thousand eight hundred without the camera, yeah. three thousand three hundred forty five with the camera, Since and that's that. including VAT. But then the VAT can be like claimed. That.
6: That's a very good point, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. So,
0: that's brilliant information. Thanks very much for taking us through Great. that, uh, JP. Appreciate yeah, that. Okay. Um, and. It is, uh, it's such an important subject as well, because as we mentioned at the start of this piece, it can cause an awful lot of stress and difficulty if if somebody, particularly if you've kind of worked to to be qualified for something and then a very, almost like a, a minor, uh, element of uh, of the role becomes a, a an insurmountable obstacle. That's that's a really stressful thing. But the great thing is that it's not ins- insurmountable. There's so many solutions there. So it's great to yeah. to discuss that as well. Thanks a lot for for that, JP. Just yeah. coming back to what we were talking about earlier, um, maybe we could just ask uh, Sean um, to to unmute there for a, for a moment. We just had one other question come in. It's not direct in relation to the announcements last week, but just. In relation to voiceover, um, using the voiceover shortcut, I, when you have a home button, you can kind of triple tap on the home button. But what about the iPhones that don't have a home button?
1: Well, that's a very good question. Uh, you, you do the same thing where you navigate to your accessibility settings, and you navigate to accessibility shortcut, and you pick which shortcut you want to turn on. So in this case, um, voiceover. Yeah. So. Obviously, there's no home button to triple tap then, so we substitute that for the power button. Okay. So we triple tap the power button, which would then toggle voiceover on and off. And Then just because without the home button being there, a swipe up from the bottom quickly uh, will be like pressing the home button where that'll bring you to the home screen. And if you swipe up slowly until you hear two taps or two, two, two noise indicators, that'll bring up your app changer,
0: your app switcher. Yeah,
1: because
2: also that, use yeah. Siri to activate it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep. that's kind yeah, of and a handy okay, shortcut, so. um But good to know because that is one of the questions that people ask when, when they've got used to a home, home button. It's important to have those other ways to do it as well. Thanks a lot for clearing that up, Sean. Very good, so we've had a, a bit of a chat about technology in the workplace and uh, that continues to be part of uh, the Seeing It Your Way interview that uh, Daniel uh, carried out with uh, Jennifer Helian. So we're going to rejoin that interview now. We're going to go back to the second part of Seeing It Your Way with Jennifer Helian.
4: As mentioned earlier, you're with the ESD and you're getting on great there from all accounts. And sticking with navigation, to commute in and out of work. And um, I also understand that you started in Singles, which is quite a bit away from your neighbourhood of Tullamore, and that you now work in Port Leash. So maybe you want to uh, explain, you know, how the commute works for you in, in the early days. Yeah, so as
5: you mentioned there, I started working with ESC Networks in 2015. <laughs> um, I finished college May 2015 and managed to land myself a job in October.
4: <laughs> wow, that was brilliant!
5: I <laughs> haven't and haven't and haven't uh, looked back. <laughs> so uh, that that was all thanks to um, the my local NCBI community worker pointing me in the direction of the employability midland function of the HSD for people with disabilities, and they put me in touch with head. Mhm. And through ahead I I managed to um, do an interview for ESC network in their customer service and distribution as it was at the time. Yeah. Um the session in English. So that was and um, that was interesting. Enough. It was a three panel, a three person panel of an interview with the uh, ESC <coughs> A- access officer yeah uh my future supervisor and a hr representative Nice. Right. so yeah so that was great i think what really helped my case was i actually brought my handheld magnifier into the interview with me uh and showed them um like how this helped me do how this would help me do my job if I was successful. Very
3: good.
5: And of course, all my other, all my other experiences as well. Brilliant. So. Um,
4: you, you went to, as I say, a little step above in the interview just to to clinch it.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, thankfully, I was successful. So I started. I started working in singles and. Um, in october 2015 yes so and um, i stayed i initially i stayed there for a month of a six a six month and um, paid work placement for a head okay so it was and uh, i initially it was a month so and um, I had family up there at the time, so I stayed with them for the month and then they transferred me to uh, the local area office in Tullamore for the remainder of the six month contract. Oh, very
3: good.
5: So that was, that was great, uh, great staying local and all the rest, yeah. and I, I, With
3: family and
4: friends again, to be good.
5: Yeah, yeah, so I was well looked after from a commuting uh, point of view there, and then um, so, February of 2016, they advertised externally for, and um, they advertised externally for a contract of three years. Okay. So I interviewed for that. Same again, three-person uh, panel, and and the advantage I had was it was for it was for a uh, role in the team that I was already in. Okay. So, yeah, they ad- at the time they advertised for two positions, so I got one and another lady got the second.
3: Lovely, so you had the experience
4: so, uh, of of already working um, a bit in Tullamore. Exactly. And to, just to, I suppose, cement your place there uh, with another interview. And well done, to you. Um And did you bring the, the handheld magnifier to the second interview?
5: No, I didn't bring it to the second interview, and um, I felt like the 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 panel would know yeah. uh, from what would evaluate my work rather than my person to fit the job at that stage.
4: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, and so yeah, so you're in Leash now. Um, so did yeah, you go from Tullamore down to Leash?
5: No, um what happened was the three year contract was to be based full time in the Fingless office. Okay. So um in May of twenty sixteen I started my I started the role in Fingless and I commuted by train, Lewis and bus Wow <laughs> To Fingless for three years. Or sorry, not three years. A year and a half, a year and
4: and a half. half. Okay, still a good good substantial amount of time too. So, you were getting on the train in Tullamore and into Houston.
5: Yeah, train uh, from Tullamore to Houston, and then I would normally get the 145 bus from the front of Houston Station to the Street. I don't know whether you can still do that because it's the whole Cross City Lewis. Yeah. and then I would tra- change buses from Devere Street to Westmoreland Street yeah. and get the 140 uh, bus out to Singlet. And luckily enough, there was a bus stop outside the ESE office, so I only had to walk across the road.
4: Oh, lovely, lovely. But still, <laughs> that, is some, um, that is some going. Um, and yeah. how long each way was to commute?
5: Uh, roughly you'd have to allow for two hours, two hours
4: each way. Each way, so four, four hours, then I'll get on top of your working day. Yeah. Quite a long haul for a year and a half. So eventually yeah. then you come so back to Leash.
5: Yes, yeah, so I interviewed for um, my current role as facilities and equipment coordinator in the ESP Network Training Centre, Portleish, in August of 20. 20- Sixteen.
3: Yeah.
5: And I was successful there again. Three-person panels. Um. The networks training centre is a standalone business unit in, within ESC Networks. So, um, it's a lot leaner. Um, from, from um, the lower tier to the. To the senior manager, right. and I didn't realise at the time, but the senior manager was on the interview panel with me you that day.
3: Me? Right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So along with my my own uh, manager now and uh, a HR representative as well. So very good. Uh, yeah. So that was a, a nice surprise to get on your on your first uh, day there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Obviously you're impressed because you're based in Port now and
5: mm-hmm.
4: you're working away there. And uh, when it comes to carrying out your role now in Port Leash and I suppose with a focus on technology, what do you um what what technology are you using? Are you still with the handheld magnifier or have you more stuff as well? Um, to be honest, I moved away from the handheld magnifier. Yeah. And
5: I I just felt like it wasn't doing the job it was. I needed it to. It was yeah. good for the smaller, the smaller um, documents, but it wasn't so good for a large document. Yes. So what I have now is I have a large, uh, two large screens. Well, monitors, I should say. Yeah. And um, I use the Supernova uh, software for magnification i don't really use it for the screen reader too often yeah um i only really i only really need the screen reader when when there's a, a a pdf a heavy pdf probably about 20 pages before i i need to use that okay because most of my work is based around emails and phone calls and yeah,
4: that's pretty okay, much it. you kind of going between the screen and, and, and the phone, so you get a little
5: bit yeah. from from the screen. I also have a CCTV called a Prisma, a Pri- um, what's good, what's good about the Prisma is that it it connects into one of the monitors.
3: Yes.
5: So that I don't need an extra standalone unit.
3: Right. Right.
4: So yeah, yeah, you have your computer screen and your Prisma are kind of interlinked in a way up to the up to the one screen.
5: Yes, So I can switch between the two. I can either use a second screen for work, I suppose, mm-hmm. viewing different st- windows, yeah. or I could use it for the, the Prisma solely.
4: Brilliant, brilliant. So that, that saves a bit of desk space as well. Is fantastic. Yeah. And um, is there any other technologies then that you use? Uh, so you have your Prisma, You have your your supernova on on the screen Is And uh, the handheld magnifier is nearly redundant. There's nothing else to use. Yeah, nearly
5: redundant. Yeah, because. But what about the handheld magnifier is that? Um, it only zoom. It nearly zooms in by letter. Yeah, rather than by word, because of the proximity to the, the page. Yeah. So it's good for the likes of if you were stuck reading um a person's uh, a person posted or something like that. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah.
5: But uh, if you're reading a letter or a bank statement or yeah. something like that, you're okay. better off having yeah.
3: Okay, okay.
5: Because you can see the full page on, like you can display the full page on the bottom, like underneath the Prisma ca- camera. Yeah. And then if, you, if you're looking for a specific set, a section, like if someone hi- if someone had something highlighted,
3: mm-hmm.
5: like I could point, I could um under, like mark that with my finger and then just zoom in on my finger and I'll find what that word actually was.
3: Brilliant, brilliant.
5: So, yeah, I also have
4: the supernova keyboard, the large, the large, um, the large, large button keyboard with the large
5: letters. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> Very
4: good. And obviously that helps out with the typing as well. Well, I presume for yeah, you know, work you're you're an avid typist. Um, but then obviously yeah. as well, as if you do have to reference the keyboard, it's handy to have the the. the yeah. Sometimes.
5: Yeah, sometimes the keyboard shortcuts, finding your control and Z or control and C. Yes it's easier, and also it has shortcuts for the Supernova controls as well on the top of it. So if something if something comes in and it's um, larger than what i would normally see i can i can zoom out pretty quickly rather than trying to go and find the control panel and gauge it that way
3: yes yeah. yeah. so you
4: have your, you have these quick access buttons across the top yeah brilliant brilliant so I, um it sounds like you're getting on brilliant there in the Dc and all this technology, like it's empowering you to do your job. And, you know, every, every bit as good as a fully sighted person. And uh, obviously you're getting on well. You're there in the role a while now. Um, just uh, commuting over and back from Portiche then. How is that working for you, rural transport? Yeah, so um, there
5: is a local bus company called Townlink. And... Mm-hmm. Thankfully, they run a good and regular bus service between Tullamore and Portlaoise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm able to grab the bus at 8 o'clock in Tullamore mm-hmm. and be in work for 9 o'clock in Portlaoise with the help of meeting one of my colleagues in Leash Town Centre and having just grabbing a lift up to the office building with them.
4: Okay, which I understand. I know Portlaoise, um it's uh, about half a mile of a hop from the bus stop out to the ESB centre on the, on the motorway road there.
5: Yeah, it would be. So it'd be about, at most, a five-minute drive in the, in the van, but yeah. um, if you were to walk it, would be probably about 20 minutes.
4: It would, and on the wet mornings, you'd definitely go on that.
5: <laughs> no. <laughs> um.
4: Jennifer listen it you know been brilliant talking to you, um you know about how you've how you've um come up through school and through third level, um, you know, getting a job in Dublin, back to Cullamore, down to Leash and everything is working out brilliant for you. And, and from listening to you speak, like technology is certainly a, a, a big portion of your life, um, you know, from communications and work, and and even with a bit of navigation as well. So um, is there anything else you want to add to that or that we didn't quite uh, touch on?
5: Um, I suppose we didn't really touch on the voice assistance from Google Home and other technology that I have.
4: Yes, this is um home, yeah. The Samsung tablet. Yeah. And uh, then you have the Google Assistant. Have you looked at speaker?
5: I have a Google Home speaker, yes. Yeah, so I love it. I really love it. I love asking at the time. I love <laughs> I love asking at different web searches. Um. Um. I like it. I uh, be honest, it's so. It's made everything so much quicker and easier for me. Yeah. Like if I want to find if I want to find out like how long it'll take me to travel somewhere, I can ask the Google Home speaker or ask the Google Assistant on my phone, mm-hmm. and it will bring back an answer. <clears throat> very small percentage of the time it will be a it will be a completely different answer than what it was yeah but um, uh, i have to say the majority of the time I'm very happy with it yeah i also have a voice enabled smart tv yeah which is great because i don't know about you but Around my house, it's very hard to find a remote control. Sometimes, yeah, probably down the, the middle of the couch somewhere or whatever. But um, yeah, I can I can activate the television and uh, like even from a, a standby mode, I can ask it to turn on. I can do the volume controls and things like that. So yeah.
3: Wow, that's a so the you make a TV?
4: Is that um I, I was making it all myself? <laughs> It's Samsung, Samsung, <laughs> Samsung all the way, brilliant. Um, just, just out of curiosity, you mentioned the Google Assistant on the on the phone. Do you uh, do you ask it to ring people and text people and WhatsApp people for you? Yep, yeah, all
5: those things. Um, I even ask it. Um, I even have. To, um, I even have A smart bulb in my bedroom, and I I uh, do that's connected to my Google Home, which connects to my phone, and I can ask this to turn off at night (laughs) time. So you
4: don't have
5: to get up and
4: turn off the lights. So I don't have to get out of bed. Brilliant. Jennifer, listen, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, and thank you so much for coming on to the NCBI Labs live event and sharing your experiences with us. And it's been a very interesting uh, listen. I'm sure our audience will agree. So uh, with that, uh, I want to thank you, and we'll uh, we'll probably touch base again and see how you're getting on. And don't forget, if you do have difficulty with any technology, to get in touch with your local NCBI training and support personnel. So thank you once again, uh, Jennifer. You're very welcome.
5: Thanks for having
0: me. Thank you. Bye-bye.
5: Bye-bye.
0: Very good. So that was Jennifer Helian talking to Daniel Dunn there. And uh, that was quite a a wide ranging interview uh, talking about all sorts of uh, ways that technology has been of assistance uh, throughout her life, both in school and college and uh, in uh, work and outside of work as well. And uh, that was certainly very informative. So thanks very much to Jennifer Helian for uh, sharing her her experience with us. And that about wraps it up for today. Just a couple of reminders before we finish up, just obviously any of the things that we speak about on our uh, tech on our uh, live events here, you can always get further support um, for any of these pieces of technology or any of the things we've spoken about here. If you want to get in touch using our technology support line. You can do that 9 to 5, Monday to Friday on 1850-92-30-60. That's 1850-92-30-60. Or you can e- email labs at ncbi.ie. And uh, of course, if you want broader support from NCBI, you can contact our national helpline on 1850-33-4353. Or you can email info at ncbi. That's info at ncbi.ie. And as we mentioned earlier, if you'd like to support us, you can visit donate.ncbi.ie, or you can even sponsor one of our live events by contacting us on our labs email address, labs at ncbi.ie. So that pretty much wraps it up for today. Um, But there's still plenty of things that uh, we haven't been able to cover so far in our live events. Uh, There's always more to, to cover. and In the coming weeks, we're going to be talking Uh, about a few different subjects, Supernova, zoom text, those sort of uh, programs that we mentioned earlier, pieces of software that can be really useful in a a number of different environments, both for uh, enhancing the the visual aspect of what's on a computer screen or uh, feeding back in audio as well. So we'll be having a look at that in the coming weeks. We'll also hopefully get back to Stuart Lawler and our Seeing It Your Way piece in in, uh, one of the coming weeks. We'll be talking about Braille technology as well. That'll be uh, one of the subjects that we'll be speaking about uh, very soon. And we'll also have a look at uh, some of the typing tutors that was mentioned before as uh, a, a really key way of uh, making sure that you can access um, various supports and services through through your computer uh, is by using your, your keyboard. So a typing tutor can be very useful for that as well. So I hope you've enjoyed the show today. My thanks to Daniel and JP and Sean as well. And of course, to Jennifer Helian for sharing her experience with us as well. And of course, thank you for listening to this week's show. And we hope you can join us again next week for another NCBI Labs live event.